So how come for in December you get to say Merry Christmas like the whole month, but it's we it feels weird to say Happy Halloween earlier in October. Dude, I say Merry Halloween all October. There you go. All right, then I'm not even going to worry about it. <laughs> what are we listening to this week, Eric? We got AFI's Art of Drowning. The Art of Drowning. This is one of the greatest intros of a song. Oh, my gosh, man. All right, everyone, just get some learning right here. The peak of me loving gang vocals, I heard the album with probably the best ever produced gang vocals. Which is this album? Yes. Yes. And I, I got to be honest, as much as I wish I heard this album before Sing the Sorrow to be that kind of cool kid, I heard Sing the Sorrow first. But when I heard this one, I stopped listening to Sing the Sorrow for like six months. Dude, me too. So Sing the Sorrow came out, like, you know, we talked about it the last episode. And I uh, this is at the advent of internet. So like it occupied a phone line. Uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And MTV had a website where you could watch music videos. And so I would always watch like Silver and Cold, Girls Not Gray, Leaving Song Part Two on on that channel. Um, and then I remember there being Days of the Phoenix, and they looked a little bit more hardcore in those pictures. And I was like, I don't, uh, I'm scared. <laughs> I, was, I was a little kid. I, I, I didn't know. I wasn't a kid. I was like a little teenager. But I ended up clicking. That's on- that's a kid. The more the older we get, the more I realize. Yeah. I ended up uh, listening to Days of the Phoenix, and my mind immediately exploded, and I went out to Hastings, and, um, you remember Hastings? Oh, dude, my dad, his, uh, album was in Hastings. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I remember Hastings. It was cool. You could rent movies at Hastings. Yeah. Um, but they had a special order me this record. Oh, this part's beautiful. Okay, I like the up and vocals right here. All right, and then uh, something that I'll point out throughout the whole album is the syncopation in these gang vocals right here. Well, I guess that wasn't really gang vocals, but that that <laughs> rhythmic with the lead vocal right there. Yeah, and so- the, with the band too, like. Yeah, yeah. No, this whole album, there's just rhythms and and uh, syncopations they do vocally that are just brilliant. Yeah, um, dude. So when I first got this record, track one scared me. That intro? Yeah, I wasn't ready for that, man. Oh, wow. Was it just dark feeling and it made you nervous? That's hilarious. We are so similar in that way. (laughs) The hidden track on Relying K's self-titled scared me the first time I heard it. Because I'd never heard it before and I was going to bed. Then all of a sudden all this chaos comes in, static noise, the music starts shredding. And I'm just listening to it on my stereo in the dark and I'm like 11. And I literally, when it ended, I laid there with with my heart pounding and thinking, what just happened? I'd never heard his hidden track, period. Mm-hmm. Dude, the bass line in this song is sick. I love... Okay, so you were talking... We uh, For those listening, Eric and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. And you had mentioned how much planning the band slash Davey did thinking about the progression that the band was going to take musically, oh, yeah. artistically. And if by... If, gosh darn it, if this isn't the, the best hybrid, like... If this was the middle of the transition, do you know how many middles aren't as good? Oh, lots. And they made it perfect. Mm-hmm. I think a band that's middle transition record was also stellar, was like um, Issues. Um, and Kalen could attest to that. Uh, issues, uh, 
the record that's got that last song that's like um, remember when um, are they a Jared Charnock kind of band no not really so okay. imagine just like a heavy rock band like Oh Sleeper mixed with a pop band is okay. that fair All right. Yeah, yeah. So, right. so periphery, and then you add pop uh, R&B influence. Awesome. Um, and th- and now they're going straight up pop. Um, and so Get that money, rock pop or whatever. And uh, whoa. But yeah, I totally get what you mean by transition because this is the first record where Davey intentionally spent more time singing. Yeah. Bassline. Do you know any uh, facts about the bass tone here? Nope. I just know it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, jazz bass, for sure. Yeah, man. I, that was the one thing about punk music that you miss, is that bass players just got to shred, dude. Freaking Fusco. Kalen, you remember Fusco? Uh, Joey Ramirez, if you ever listen to this. You were not only an older guy that was kind of like a, a mentory friend of mine, but when you were on stage, you were just this bass player that was freaking amazing. So there you go, Joey. Nice. And everyone, go YouTube Fusco. It's on there. So search the song uh, Cockroach. Ooh. It'll blow your mind. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, I have a fun fact about this song. Ooh. <laughs> you know those uh, seeing, seeing your soul moments, like when your yeah. body and your mind connect with music to this uh-huh. place? This, this song has one. And it was when I got it on vinyl. I had gone to, I was at Half Price Books. When I was in high school, I would go to, I worked at Cyclone Skate Park, and I'd take most of my paycheck, go to Half Price and buy things. Mm-hmm. And I found this vinyl there, and I was like, yes! And so I was in my room one night just listening to it and probably drawing or just kind of like thinking to myself, whatever you did in your room with before mm-hmm. the phones in your hands. Um, and th- there's a part that will come up after the first chorus with the gang vocals and the way they go into the next part. I was so connected. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I had bought into the song. So I had stopped paying attention to what I was doing and I was just in the song. And when it hit, I was like, mm! Mm-hmm. And it feels really good, and I'm gonna point that out. I just love it's the, the gang vocal production, dude. It doesn't feel like a giant group of, of people. It feels like there's a punk band. Feels like a close a group of friends, and their hearts are expressing emotion, and mm-hmm. it really resonated, for sure. Um, and this record's su- super crucial to my like whole guitar playing universe. Um, yeah, this is an original pressing of the like of the vinyl, isn't it? Again, I found it at half price. Yeah, so when? Wait, how many years ago? 2004 or 5. Okay, this is probably an original pressing. That's awesome. I got Heck yeah. I got one of the newer pressings of it. So yours actually probably also runs better just because vinyl technology is getting you should see, worse and worse. We should check my Very Proud of You one because that was another half-price find as well. Ooh. Here it comes. All right, here comes the Game Vocals. You could sing along with this album and not say most of the words, but make syllables, and it sounds the same. That's one thing about Davey's vocals back in his punk days. He's just like, oh, don't, 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 don't. his enunciation is just not there. It's like yeah. he got a feeling right before he went into the studio. Yeah, yeah. But I don't care at all. <laughs> oh yeah, because I, I, I loved him enough. Okay, I just got the book. It's right here. So this whole next thirty seconds. Just a bunch of dudes jamming. Here we go. Right there, man. I was in that moment, and I was like, God dang it. So now, as a kid, I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, this sounds so awesome. This is great. And then they go right here. 
All right, so Kaylin's got some some uh, this just in. Yeah, that's as of uh, the Crash Love album. As the Crash Love album, the bass player has predominantly started using P basses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was an American jazz. He, he had the, the most classic American jazz bass. It Rosewood fingerboard, sunburst body, and he would just like tear it up, especially on this intro and sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming here we up go. right now. I'm classically conditioned to hear the next song of every album on this. Dude, so am I. As the song before it ends. Mm-hmm. I already know what's coming. Gang vocals. Dude, gang vocals like this were made for live shows. Oh, dude, yeah. Because when you get to just be in that crowd and just be a part of that. <clears throat> by the way, we have got to put some of those videos you found, Kalen, up on the Honey Gold YouTube or something. Like, we can show some of my band, Boxing Nuns, and stuff like that. You have me crowd surfing? <laughs> we're just constantly crowd surfing. Dude, those were the memories, man. That's the show where the girl jumped off stage and hit her face on oh the pole. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kaylin has it. But you don't see her hit the pole? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude, I felt so guilty. Oh, that was you, man. I just didn't want to catch her. She she jumped body forward, and I wasn't. I didn't want to get me too. I was yeah. thinking ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, oh this is these gang vocals right here. Yeah, but no, I literally was thinking that far ahead, and I didn't know it was gonna be the name. But I was always so concerned. Of, I just, I was like, I don't want to. She looked like a kid and I was a kid. And then seeing her jump out, I was like, I'm not putting my hands anywhere. And I moved. I just forgot the freaking pole <laughs> that holding up the roof was behind me and her face went straight into it. Dude, that sucks. You need to know. Dude, listen to these subtle, like, leaky heart parts. Oh, I, they make the song for me. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. That melody is incredible. Mm-hmm. What are, okay, so this is Jade's second album. Yes. Right? I didn't know that Eric said it earlier. Yeah, so Jade came in with the band around Black Sails. And I think he uh, had just finished college or something like that. And they wanted him to come jam with them. And it just kind of worked. And I think at first he didn't want to be in the band. And then uh, it just kind of ended up working out. And they made Black Sails. And their whole sound, if you listen to their whole discography, the, the pivotal shift of their entire sound is Black Sails. Yeah, dude, for sure. And a lot of people say Black Sails is the greatest record AFI ever made, and uh, which is an amazing record. I like Art of Drowning more, but I think it's because of the more melodic stuff they do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because, like we were saying earlier, Black Sails is the parts of this that Are aren't angry. going to be with us as we move forward. Mm-hmm. But they're heavily in this album, as well as getting the melodic stuff to come. Yeah. And, and uh, again, I gotta say, they just did... Who, who produced this? Do you know? I have no idea. Does it say on the back of that vinyl he got over there? He got over there? I mean, it's just Nitro Records. All Nitro Records. <laughs> so for those of you listening, you really, uh, if you're not an AFI fan, just be one for Halloween. Pick these albums that were, just be listening to them. Look at the artwork. They just really have a great kind of fun, darker, mis- I don't know. Chuck Johnson was the producer for this record. Chuck Johnson. 
killed thank, it. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast and his guy in the corner helping him out is Jamie. So, like, uh, you mentioned the artwork, man. This is super cryptic, but still, like, inviting. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. I, a, that's my favorite kind of... That's why I love the Halloween episodes of Family Guy. I like animated cartoon Halloween colors. Ooh, hey, listen to this part. Also, he's foreshadowing more acting Oscar references for Seeing the Sorrow. Ooh. I wonder what it is that made him want to pull from actors, shows, Oscars, metaphors, you know? Where were they from? I actually don't have any idea. I think uh, Southern California. Oh, that's probably why then. Yeah. Dude, and what's funny is when they first started out, they were the, the typical band that would like write songs and then just jump on a half pipe and just like skateboard all day. Yeah, dude. No, like Pennywise. Yeah. All those bands, they're all like, uh, my buddy AJ told me that he was at a skate park in California one time and like all the guys from Pennywise were just there skating. That's awesome. I think that's so cool. I think it's hilarious that little Wayne realized that, that there was a huge skate scene listening to him. And then all of a sudden in his music videos, there started being at skate parks, and then he started holding a skateboard, and then all of a sudden he's showing up at the X Games doing some fun color commentary and stuff. He saw his audience. Oh, that's brilliant. And he was like, all right, guys. Ooh, this next song was so aggressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah. handle it when it first came out. This is the song I skipped when I was oh, like, really? younger. Yeah, when I was 14, I was, I was skipping the song. I liked it a lot. Now I appreciate it. It's freaking brilliant. It's a lot of yelling. Yeah. This is like very proud of you. Uh, sh- no, this shut is your like mouth shut your mouth open your, open your eyes. eyes. Which is angry. Ryan Davis. It's his, That's his favorite album. And mm. I got to share a fun story. So you remember in high school and at middle school, um, you would go to church camp and then you'd come back and kids would break their secular band CDs. Yeah. So one year we came back from church camp and Ryan broke a bunch of his AFI CDs and a bunch of other CDs. Mm-hmm. And then like six months later, he was like, dude, you got to burn me that uh, <laughs> that album, man. And I was like, no, man, that was your decision, dude. Because him and a couple other friends did it and they're like, Johnny, you in? You're going to break your CDs with us? And I was like, no, I'm going <laughs> to keep those. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've owned every AFI record twice. Oh, yeah. Uh, up through December Underground because I've, no, I've broken them all twice. And on purpose or on accident? Them. Oh, like church camp. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. See, I just couldn't do it, man. But it was best... hard enough to get a hold of the CDs for yeah. me. I couldn't break them. Here, here's the best part, though. I got to support them three times. Yeah, I've done that with Thursday. I broke several CDs of theirs on accident. Like, you never did that, Kalen? Like, Y'all are smart for not doing it. But at the same time, I don't think if I didn't have a, a second catalog. Oh, gotcha, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. I when I bought CDs again, it's because they would get so scratched up, like wore all the time by Thursday. Mm-hmm. Full collapse. Ryan broke on accident. Get this, dude. This is freaking amazing. Um, Ryan came out of the shower. I had my CDs stacked up on a speaker, and he came out of the shower. He was staying the night at my house, and he came out and he walked into my room and shook his hair, trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. The water came off of his hair hit my CDs that were stacked on the speaker, started knocking them down like domino effect. <laughs> the last one's my full collapse CD. It falls off the speaker. As it's falling, the disc comes out, and then the jewel case lands on it and breaks it in half. Aww. Sounds made up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how he broke my full collapse CD. It's awesome. Oh, this chorus is freaking awesome. Oh, it's amazing. 
Alright, y'all ready? Let's just listen to it. We are waiting. This is the first song that got me to truly appreciate the gang vocals. Yeah? Because I think it was a transitional thing. Like, the gang vocals in this song are very melodic and not just shouts. Yes, yeah, no, because they have m melody to it for sure. There's yeah. probably more melody in the gang vocals on here than on Sing the Sorrow. Yeah. They sing a lot of it. I like how every chorus, not every chorus, but a lot of the choruses, it's a combination of his solo vocal and the gang vocal that make the entire... Now, I think Hunter's voice is the one shining through right here. Right there? Yeah, totally. That's Hunter, man. That's amazing, you can tell. Well, it's because... It's guitar player, right? No, that's the bass player. Or, uh, yeah, bass, bass player's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, I know you know that. Because <laughs> Jade would be the guitar player. And I don't know the drummer's name. I'm not very good Adam. with band member names. And I like how, like, subtly away his voice is right here. Yes. Okay, when they come in with the Sing To Me gang vocals, another feelsy moment for me. Like, super feeling. Dude, Hunter is one of the best bass players, I think, under the sun. He just knows how to do what he's doing for each song. Yeah, he, he finds his space and says, this is where I exist. Mm -hmm. All right, listen to these sing to me again, because I talked over it right here. That's like eight people max, you know? Yeah. It just sounds wonderful. We've got Davey singing, Davey yelling, and gang vocals mm -hmm. all... They sing to me. So one thing David did on this album that I would have never had the guts to do, especially if I was playing with all those other punk bands. Talk like, and whisper. These like moans on the drive here. I was listening to it, and mm -hmm. there's one where he's like, "Ah," and I was thinking <laughs> I could never do that for two reasons. One, if I just made the noise, I couldn't get over the fact that I'm going ah, and so I, I was like, I'd have to convince myself I'm going to say oh. And then I immediately heard myself go, oh, and I didn't like that either. So he had to like, and he sold it throughout oh. the whole album, all his little moans. Well, it's because I think he's selling a vibe with this also, man. Like we talked about earlier, um, you mentioned that they had a very planned out uh, model for how the band existed. And so Black Sails, he starts dabbling in the glam rock. Yeah. You know, he's growing his hair out. He's uh, starting to wear a little bit of lipstick and eyeliner. And then... Um, Come this time, he's wearing eyelashes, sequins, and all kinds of stuff. And his producers and like manager are like, dude, what are you doing? He's yeah. like, he's like, I know what I'm doing. He's like, he's like, really? He's like, hey, you need to trust me. I know exactly what I'm doing. How? How? He, the, the internet was so not around to like find those other groups and go, okay, there are people who like this. But Marilyn Manson was out and about. Okay, so he knew what he was doing. I think he I knew what he was doing. How, but there was no way he knew Hot Topic was going to become what it was for them. Oh, I don't think so, no. Like, Hot Topic, for a while, looked like an AFI merch store. Oh, for sure. So, this song right here, Days of the Phoenix, is the first one on the record I ever heard, and it, like, sold me on, like, getting this album. Now, another fun fact about this song is this is the first song I ever experienced that phenomenon where I was like, dude, I wish I wrote this song. No one oh, I love this chorus right this here. Gang vocals. Harmonies come in. 
This intro was so hard to learn when I was a kid, but it's my favorite intro. That's right in that sound you love. I know. So we haven't mentioned it, but everyone should agree these guitar tones are much brighter than uh, Sing, Sing Sorrow. Sorrow. Yeah. But yet the style of playing is very similar. It's, it's not <laughs> aggressive in its attack. It's just um, confident. Oh, yeah. That's a good way to put it. So this is a dual rectifier on vintage mode. So like, Oh, cool. Uh, so it's not like your modern, like, if, you know, you someone's playing this uh, amp at a gig, they're usually using modern, and it sounds like a really heavy thrash tone. He's using the same amp, just on the vintage setting, or orange, on channel 2. And so that gives you a very, like, close to a Marshall, just in like the fact that it's not, like, super sharp, but it's round. This is beautiful. Come here. Oh, I love this part. Oh. Oh, I love this part. <laughs> so when this guitar tone part came in, electric, I didn't want to talk over it when it first introduced because it's fucking amazing. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed. To, am I allowed to say that? I've said it a couple times on my podcast. Okay. I'll it's, bleep it out or something. Yeah, yeah. It's just that amazing. Yeah. I might not bleep out you. No, just myself, so I don't get in trouble with my parents. Go ahead and bleep me out. I don't want your parents thinking hanging out with bad kids. <sighs> Dude, I don't know when I'm going to get over feeling like my parents are going to get mad at me. <laughs> I got something of that, but I want to hear this first. Intro again, but they go through the beginning, the entire intro, looping the uh, reprise of the chorus. Is it Dr. Pepper? Yes. We've been trying to order during this podcast. It's okay. We're not in a car or anything. It's yeah. <laughs> we got a friend going. You're in the car. Doing a food run. Yeah, you're in the car. I wish. It doesn't matter. So this is such a, this is more of a um, shut your mouth, open your eyes chord progression right here. Mm, very dissonant and angry. Oh, the chorus on this one's really good, too. They're all good. What am I saying? Oh, my gosh. I like this part right here. Such a good um, camaraderie back and forth. Oh, yeah. Oh, listen to this bass right here. I love this melody. Dude, so good. Do you how how many times do you think they sat in the studio listening back to this record getting made going, oh shit, we're on to something? I wonder, man, because you have to battle the mindset of a punk band, but also a punk band with a mission. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. What do you mean though? Like, like I understand being a punk band with the mission and stuff, but I almost wonder like how much of punk, um, I call it I call it theology. So punk theology meets like grunge, the universe where it's kind of like we want to not make that same record, we want to not make the same production level, we want to stand out, we want to be as raw as possible. And I wonder how much of like them was that 
versus also saying that we're crafting something that is perfection. Yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, you've got no effects simultaneously writing a song that goes, I gotta pee, 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 you know? Yeah. So they're like, we're being a lot more artsy-fartsy than than our uh, roots, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, I mean, everyone listening to this is just going to basically go, so Johnny and Eric like gang vocals, but let's listen to them right here. You can feel the energy. Mm-hmm. You can feel their chest. Hitting those house. Dude, their drummer freaking slayed this record. His use of hitting the, like, Zilbel or whatever and different No, things. he just uses a, 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 a big... Uh, What's it called? Ride? Yeah, no, there's a specific one it is. Um, like a ping ride or oh, something yeah. like that. But uh, but it's a big old like 24, 25 inch ride that's just designed that you ride it like a regular ride symbol. Yeah, and I love that sound. So when you hear the bell, he's literally just smacking perfectly on that bell. That's awesome. Yeah, I love watching guys who play like that. Ding, ding. This song right here. So when I went to see AFI Live for the first time in... Uh, 2009 2010 mm-hmm. they played this song and i was like oh my god they're actually playing this song do they play such a wide range of their songs oh, live? you'd be surprised how much of the punk stuff they play for sure i saw footage like a year ago of a show about a year ago of them playing the song with the guy from tiger army off of uh show your mouth open your eyes yeah, yeah i loved that song too mm-hmm. that's a good one i wish i could remember the name i'm a t- i'm a track number guy I think it's number four. I can't remember. Number four or number five. Or number three. You know what? It might be number three. Dude, it's got energy. It's got melody. Oh, this is the O. (laughs) That one right there. And then he's got another one coming up that's even more emotional. And I'm like, dude, I wouldn't have had the guts. Well, dude, as they progress, he gets more and more feminine with those O's. I know. Sing the sorrow, and then you get the freaking uh, December Underground. It's That's just, when I checked out. It's just like, oh. Uh. <laughs> For such a, the, the big AFI fan that I am, I have not listened to December Underground on. I saw the music video for Miss Murder or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was like, I think I know what to expect. You know what? And then so I didn't get it, and I waited. And then I saw the music video where he looks like Edward Scissorhands in the woods, just covered up in makeup. Yeah, it's that's all uh, snowy. Uh, uh, Love Like Winter. And I was like, okay, I don't like what this is going to be. But see, Love Like Winter has like my favorite clean tone of all time. Yeah, but I mean, at, around that time, I was finding Circle Takes a Square and stuff. And so I was going to this super raw, aggressive sound, mm. and they were getting cleaner and prettier. Oh, this part is perfection. You hear that double tracking just being perfect? Yeah. I can feel you Oh, dude, the gang vocals coming in in a minute. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the trading back off. Yes. Turn this up in your car right now. Tonight. And they give, they give you the chorus one more time. You're like, yeah. yes. Dude, I don't know if you noticed this. In this record, they changed time signatures. Key signatures and time signatures. Yeah. I like that that harmony coming Mm -hmm. in. 
I think he does another wine here. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the same take. Uh, <laughs> that's me in class. Johnny, do you know? Uh, <laughs> no. So this song, originally, like, you know, when you're young, you're just looking for something to catch your attention quickly. Yes. And this takes a minute to develop. I, I would skip over it. I'd be like, boring. Next. But then, like, on those days where I'm playing, like, Tony Hawk or, like, Halo, and I just have a record going on in the background, this song would go through, and the first time I heard it all the way through, I was like, I've been a fool! <laughs> yeah, I think when I got the vinyl, that's what made me, because changing songs, you just, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I, the ones that I would skip, which I don't even know anymore which ones they were, I stopped skipping. This is a perfect example of an album that I can start and just let it go through the whole thing, and I'm happy. Oh, yeah. There's a uh, Swing and Utters album that's the same way. I can't remember what it's called. But it's got the song called uh, Jackie Jab. Mm -hmm. And that one I turn on and I just feel like a kid listening to punk rock and the whole album plays. Dude, that's how I feel about the new Coheed. I got to listen to it. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like you hear a record and like you already have your like semi-favorite songs about your 10th time through, you have your favorite songs. Yeah. And so I'm on like my 45th time through this record and it came out like less than a week ago. That's amazing. Um, and, oh wait. So good um but i'll be looking forward to a song and the next song will come on and i'll be like ready to skip and i'll be like oh this is a great one too and by the end of it i'm on the last track yeah i, I gotta check it out it's coheed right yeah so this clean tone right here i would have never liked now but i like it because i heard it then mm -hmm. I like this for those of you uh listening my arms are in the air full of joy yeah paint a picture now this record because it is the just that dual wreck it's what inspired him to get creative with his tone on the next record like he was like uh you know every band out right now has the same tone and it's because the dual wreck was every band had a dual rectifier um les paul in, in a dual wreck or les paul in a uh, 5150 5150 or uh, JCM 800. J JCM 800, I feel like for like victory records. Or, or DSL 2000. Maybe that was a two. Yeah. Um, but he just, he understood that everyone was using this exact same amps, pickups, guitars. And so he's like, I'm doing something weird this record. Yeah, he's really good at doing, experimenting with his tone and it being weird. And I like it. Mm hmm. I feel like it's because it's weird, but it's not outside of the sandbox. And it's not covered in pedal effects either. Oh, no, 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 no. And I think that's what makes it stand out too. Remember when pedal boards just had like a tuner, an overdrive, a, a non-tap tempo related delay that was just pretty quick that and you turned on gate. for a leap? Yeah, I know. Made by Boss. All those pedals are Boss. Yeah, yeah. Except like the, the Holy Maxim. Grail. The Holy Grail with the old big Holy Grail reverb pedal. Yep. Yeah, dude, listening to this and then thinking of those riffs that you like to do when the the chord voicings, too. Yeah, just big old full-bodied uh, bar chords. Strummed, No yeah. one does this anymore. No. And so I, I use them all the time. And it, it's so weird when you do something as simple as a full bar chord and it's so unused at this point, it sounds unique. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I don't think people would like it, but I think having a tighter snare would do that right now. 
Because these snares, even especially, not even even, especially in worship albums, these snares literally sound like a car wreck every hit. It's just, <laughs> wham! It's because they're like six to seven inches deep, they're tuned down, and then once you hit it, you're triggering another sound with it. Yeah, and, and you know they're on the probably layering the mess out of them. Yeah, yeah. But we made this comment, I think, the last episode. But I love the drums on this record because they sound like a drum set. Yeah, just a drum set. They're, the spot miking is blended. It's not up front in your face. Mm-hmm. The overhangs are playing a crucial role. And crucial I'm, role. And I'm never missing that direct sound because it's he's playing so aggressively that I'm getting that like sample drum hit in the face experience just from a performance. Like right here. And when this kicks in. Yeah, I like how I can feel the whole drum set in the room. I can hear it clearly. I can even hear the spacing of the overhangs in a very smooth manner. It's not dramatic. Yeah. Tim was the one who encouraged me to stop panning overhangs 100-100 left, right. Yeah. Tim Sissel is the audio engineering professor I had, and Eric also had. Yep. Just not at the same time. How much, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much did uh, Tim change your life? Like a nine and a half. Same. Same, I've adopted so much of his mindset now. This chorus. Mm. Y'all ready? Turn it up! Oh. Oh, his use of speaking and whispering in this song. Oh my gosh. One big dark room. Beetlejuice is what that quote's from. Yep. The, the klepto. Lydia. What's her name? Lydia. No, 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 no. The klepto. The actress. Oh, Uma Thurman. No, Renee. No. Zellweger. No. The uh, Edward Scissorhands again. Johnny Depp. Uh, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. That's what it is. Good lord. Johnny Depp. And then I thought of his tattoo that said Wino, but originally said Winona. Yeah. Oh shit! Kaylin's back with the goods, goods, goods. McDonald's. McDonald's. He's doing that wedding on the day. Oh, here's where he starts going like free balling, and it's just awesome. And this is like, I play this every week. Oh, this this riff is a staple AFI sound to me. This, oh yeah. This is takes me to the AFI world. This is how I test clean tones with less ball. Really? Yeah. The whispering. <laughs> so Kaylin's showing up with the food, saving us. Right here. This guitar part. Thank you so much. So th- I just realized how cool I did it for so long. We just started eating. <laughs> I 
So yeah, I think um, this is a definitely the Gunmore halftime compared to a lot of the other songs on this one. I say number four was the other one that was slower. What's Ever, that song called? Ever in a day. Yeah. Sorry, we got we got food and we're charging up now. Here's that tone again. That, they use this little motif, if you will, three or four times in the song in a very tasteful way. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? What, what, Morning Star. All right. Oh, by the way, the the song that had the one the one we just listened to with the one big dark room or whatever. Um, they used to play that over the PA at Cyclone before I got this album. Good. And it was part of why I was like, I gotta find those songs I'm hearing by AFI that aren't on Sing the Sorrow. And that's what sent me on a hunt. My buddy Perry Mosley was a big AFI fan too, so he was he made it clear that they were a band I needed to be listening to. What track number are we on? Fifteen. Fifteen? Is this the last one? Mm-hmm. This is, I told, we talked about this last week. This is another slow, clean tone song. Mm-hmm. I love the melody. It's beautiful. This reminds me of two things, which are highly unrelated. You might catch my vibe. Smashing Pumpkins, for one. Very ballady, like a Smashing Pumpkins ballad. And then also Coneheads, for some reason. <laughs> the movie Coneheads. Yeah. I think the chorus chord progression just reminds me of some of the score. For Coneheads? Yeah, no, for sure. I do that a lot. Um, what movie is it? Am I, I think it's Edward Scissorhands again. God. Edward Scissorhands, and I'm going to go ahead and just spitball AFI for some reason, I think. Because I've brought that up three times now. It's probably because Davey Havoc started to look like him at one point. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they towards us uh, uh, sing the sorrow. Mm-hmm. Is there little strings in there really softly? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever noticed that before. There's not a hidden track on this album, is there? There is. It's not strong. It's not strong, so we're going to bail? I'd bail. I think we should bail. <laughs> Beautiful right here. Kaelin, I wish you could hear this. Dude, this sounds like 1999-2000. Dude, again, they just did not use more tracks than they needed to for anything. So, I would be afraid to record or write this record. It's so raw, so just like guitar left, guitar right, bass in the middle, drums, vocals, and not even harmonies, just vocals and then occasionally a gang vocal. And frequently a gang vocal, but like <laughs> it's so. Uh, it's so wrong. It's so and, it, and it's it's not like production that's making this a great record. It's a great fucking record. Yeah, it's making good a songs, great good tones, good voices, good takes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're done, huh? Yeah. Now, if you guys have not owned this record or gone out and listened to it, take. The fifty like minutes this record is, and just just sit through it once. You should let me on the next one because I I, I completely missed the boat on AFI. Yeah. So like seeing the sorrows, the only one I've maybe listened to 
Okay. So if you guys do another one, it'd be cool for me to listen to it probably for like the first time. Well, next week we're doing All Hollows, mm-hmm. which will be is one of the greatest EPs ever. I could easily listen to that one EP for like a week straight, and it's four songs. Yeah, it's so good. It's a good Halloween one, so we'll do that. So we're going to let you go. Um, we'll play out this last little bit of this song, and uh, thanks for listening again. Love you guys, and happy Halloween.